Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to Hello Latino. It's your girl, Dalis Jasmine, and today's guest is Carolina Acosta, a Colombian Dominican mujeron from Queens who created Dragos, the party game para los Latinos. She was recently included in Forbes 30 Under 30 class of 2021 for the creation of Dragos. Carolina launched Dragos in 2019 to build a product that spoke to her own interests and her identity as a U.S. born Latina. What started off as a fun experiment turned into a passion that grows more every day, inspiring Carolina to build Dragos into a national brand and voice that will support and empower Latinos in the U.S. with more opportunities in housing, education, and entrepreneurship. Dragos is currently the number one party game for Latinos and has raised over 20,000 for community-driven organizations such as Black Lives Matter, Helping Hands of Puerto Rico, and Immigrant Workers Safety Net Fund. We play a little game at the end to give you an idea of what to expect, but cannot wait for y'all to meet and hear from Carolina. Get this food then. I'm so happy to have you here, girl. I I have to say when, and I already told you this story, but I'm telling the audience now, but when I got your email from your team, like, oh, Carolina, she's the creator of Dragos, I like stopped reading and I was like, wait, Dragos, the game? And I was like, I literally texted my family group chat. I'm like, y'all will never believe what just happened. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Because it was a family favorite during COVID. It was like, we were doing these like Zoom game nights and it was like, I brought it, like I found an Instagram ad, saw Tragos, and I'm like, oh my God, my family's going to love this. And they loved it. And the cool thing, I posted on my story, I remember at the time, and one of my friends, she's Dominican, and she responded and was like, okay, but is it actually like inclusive of a lot of cultures? And I'm like, girl, actually, yeah, it is. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I'm buying it. <laughs> and she loved oh it. God. Other friends. So I'm like... This girl, like, girl, this game I love. And so I'm just happy and honored to have you in the space with me. I'm like, let's get to know Carolina, the woman behind Tragos. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so exciting to hear. And, I, you know, I've been hearing it more and more, well, obviously, since we started. But to actually go from thinking, you know, a game that was supposed to be just for me and my friends and family to kind of just going national and, you know, even like in other countries is just insane. Um, So to hear that and also to have people appreciate that it is inclusive because that was something that we worked really hard to to do uh, is just amazing to hear. So thank you so much Mm -hmm. for having me. (laughs) Yes, girl, it's all you. You did that. You did that. Give yourself some flowers. (laughs) (laughs) 
But no, I want to jump into your story. And I know at the end, we'll talk a little bit more about Dragos and even play a little game. But I want to start with the woman again, la mujer, la mujeron behind the whole brand. And I want to start by how do you identify and why? And that's the first question I always ask every guest in every episode. And I love mentioning this one fact. No one has ever answered the same, <laughs> but I'm so excited to give you the space. But yeah, tell us how you identify and why. I can totally imagine why it's always different because I feel like my answer is always different whenever people ask me that. Uh, so today I'll go <laughs> with um, Colombian, Dominican, American woman. <laughs> mm. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I really love that I have. Uh, such a mixed identity. I think I lean more towards the Colombian side because my mom raised me, but I'm still close with my Dominican side. Don't ask me to do a Dominican accent because I cannot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm like just trying to catch up to the Colombian one. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. And then also like I was born in the U.S. So I guess I'm technically American, which Mm. is totally fine now. I've accepted before it used to be like, oh no, like I'm American. I feel like I'm kind of betraying my culture because I don't feel Latina enough. And that kind of speaks to why Tragos was even created in the first place. Mm, Which is crazy. I was just thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, she felt like she wasn't Latina enough and she created this like Latino game. (laughs) (laughs) I know my entire family, when they find out they're like, wait, Carolina? She came out with a Latino game? Like... Uh, you know, it was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And I think like being and this is something that I don't know the experience of, but you you know, I already know what it's like to be a Latina and be American and try to navigate that identity. But being bicultural, and also having American on top of that, like being Colombian, Dominican and American, did you kind of like, naturally start to like, get have those identities you know it was always a part of you when did you start to really claim and be proud and embrace those three identities like together and even the woman's side I know that's like who you are too but when did you really start to like yeah that's who I am it's a great question um, because I think it's just been like a lifelong journey for me and with Dragos I feel uh, for the first time, like fully or not even, I can I can still be more connected. In my opinion, I'd love to move to South America one day. <laughs> but you know, growing up, I okay, my first language was Spanish. Um, so as a toddler, I always just spoke Spanish. I think I had to learn English like in ESL classes, like when I was in elementary. So that's how like Spanish I was. Um, but you know, and, and this is something that I realize a lot of uh, it happens to a lot of us, I guess. Um, once you're integrated in school, you have to learn English, everybody else is learning English, then that's all you want to speak. Um, and so I think even now I have a hard time speaking Spanish to my mom because for so many years, I only spoke to her in English. But the funny thing is that I love Spanish. (laughs) Um, So whenever I could, I would speak to my grandma, like grandparents, uh, my 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 cousins, my aunts and uncles, all in Spanish and try to practice as much as possible. But I definitely lost, you know, my accent and um, the fluency. And so now um, just kind of going like, I guess 
the realization that I wasn't really part of that culture. And, you know, it always like bothered me in the back of my head, like, oh, I'm like, so American. <laughs> I yeah. like, you know, it, it didn't really click until I actually went to South America and visited Colombia for the first time. And that was when I realized like, oh, you know, I've, I'm like wasting my culture by not really being a part of it. And, um, you know, as soon as I visited Colombia, I wanted to go back right away. That's where I'm going to move, by the way. Definitely coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just incredible. I recommend it to everyone I know who travels or, or is trying to. Um, and so when I came back from all that traveling um, to these countries, to seeing that culture every day, living it, uh, I felt like something was missing in my life. And, you know, it was either go move there, which you know, isn't, isn't that easy or, um, right. kind of do something to, to bring the culture with me. Uh, and the idea was actually of a friends, um, to kind of mix in like a drinking game with culture, which is something that we love to do naturally. And, um, mm. we actually did it first for the Asian culture, um, which I'm not sure if you know the little backstory, but it's like with my, um, my business partner, we created the game called Asian flush which is um, basically tragos, but the Asian version. And I said, as soon as we launch this, we have to do tragos because I'm dying to play it myself. And we'll see, you know, if it actually ends up being something that people want to buy, which here we are now. <laughs> right. And I want to, I know we're kind of skipping around, but I do want to hear more since we've mentioned it twice. I want to hear more about the inception of tragos and it kind of like goes into your identity and goes into all of these topics. So I'd love to know, what was, you know, you talked about the launch and all of that, but what was kind of the the inspiration behind Tragos and kind of the backstory stories that we want to know? Yeah, um, right. So, so I think it kind of came from a place of just, I want to play it myself, you know, because it it's something that um, I could relate to. I could see myself playing with my friends and my cousins. And it's a fun game. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and it was actually funny because when we, when we first launched it into the world, we didn't know if it was actually worth creating. And I think a part of the experiment was, okay, let's come up with like five to 10 funny cards that we think, you know, people would actually like relate to. And we definitely thought of the multi like subculture uh within latinos like okay would dominicans get it would colombians get it would Hondurans get it would ecuadorians you know and um and we came up with the design threw a few cards on a website and people like loved the idea and we just did a few facebook ads but that was enough to kind of like get people to like pre-order a game that didn't even exist anymore <laughs> i mean yet um it, it didn't exist yet. And so once we had like about 100 to 200 pre-orders, we we're like, oh, crap, guys, like we have to make it now. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it worked out in the end. Um, I just, you know, I grabbed a bunch of uh, friends and cousins that were from different um, different countries. And so I think having that collaboration um, for the first pack is what made it just so diverse uh, within within La Cultura. And so it worked out. And, and some of those friends that helped out with the first pack are actually on my team now today. So 
Oh, yes. I love that. I love that <laughs> representation. And also, I think the beautiful thing about this game is that it also highlights the similarities between all our cultures, because there's there's a lot of things that I feel like unite Latinos and just make Latinos Latinos, right? Whether it's like the one that had me dying the first time I played it was um, what, like, tell me like your mom or something when she says, cuando yo me muera or something like that. It yeah. was like, a, it was a card like that. And I'm like, oh my God, the amount of times I've heard my mother say that to me. And like, just all of us started dying laughing. And we have a lot of mixes within our family. Like, you know, my brother's married Mexican women and Honduran women. And like, we have a mix of a lot of different cultures within just our family. So the fact that we were all like dying over that one card. And I remember posting that one card too. And so many people were responding to me, Colombians, Dominicans. And I'm like, this is just like a Latino thing. <laughs> I love that, you know, and it, and it's like a learning experience too, because you think like, okay, well, I know that this can relate to at least, you know, these people, so that's enough. And if it doesn't relate to you, you just skip the card and move on. But all the cards that people have actually said, oh my God, yes, my mom too, or my abuela too, is something that I didn't even know, you know, it's like just yeah. kind of throwing it out into the yeah. world and seeing like, oh my God, like we... That, that's my favorite part about Dragos actually is finding that the similarities between you and me, as mm. opposed to being like, oh no, you're from here and I'm from there. So we must be so different. Because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, you know, I, I think everyone's trying to say like, yo, Latinos should rise together, you know, join forces as opposed to only focusing on our differences. Mm preach. I think that's the most important thing. And, <laughs> and this is really why I created this platform was to kind of like not only educate and like amplify these stories, but also kind of just to show people like our community is beautifully diverse, but it's also very similar. And there's like this core to us, right? That again, like unites all of us and just makes us Latinos. And like, I always say just we're the dopest, you know, we have so many beautiful, <laughs> diverse, we have so much diversity in color and culture, the way we speak, like you were saying Dominican accent. And I was immediately thinking of all my Dominican friends that <laughs> when they speak, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what? <laughs> or when but my Mexican really friends funny. hear me speak Spanish, they're like, like you speak so fast. Okay. So it's, just, it's just so funny that there's mm -hmm. just like, there's so many beautiful like similarities and differences kind of coexisting within Latinidad. And again, that's what makes us so beautiful in my opinion. And I think your game does a good job of not only highlighting those subcultures, but also highlighting like, just like the beautiful similarities that I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Like I get it. Like that's my mom too. Yeah. <laughs> we all be and out here so on Saturdays. To be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to like. Listening Spanish to music. cumbia, to merengue, to salsa, punta, whatever the case may be. But I want to move a little deeper into your story and get to know you a little more. And I want to, you know, we talked about how you identify a little bit about how Dragos was created. And we'll talk a little bit more about that toward the end. But I want to jump into your story and where you grew up and talking a little bit more about this, like, this the story of Carolina and really where you started owning your identity, going to school, being an ESL student. So I want to start from the very beginning of like, do you know about your parents' immigration story? How did they get to where they are? And then how, how did you grow up? Talk a little bit more about your upbringing. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Uh, let me like <laughs> dive think all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where do I start? Um, 
Okay, well, yeah, I have uh, two parent immigration stories, and I'm a little sad that I don't know, like, full details um, about, you know, their actual journey to, um, to well, I guess New York, which is where they met um, and had me. Uh, so I'll New start York with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll start with my mom, um, who I think I know her story a little bit more. So I'm just going to charge my computer. Um, where did she start? Sorry, I'm blanking. I'm no, trying to good. like weave this story together. Okay. Drink some cafecito, <laughs> whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was, I thought the, I thought our call was um, an hour ago. So I made my coffee and was ready. And I was like, oh, wait, I still have an hour. Yeah. So I've been holding on to my coffee. <laughs> oh my God. I was just laughing because I, whenever I blink, it's because I haven't had coffee and I'm like, this dependency is so bad. Like I need to do something about this addiction to coffee. It's funny how I forget so often. I'm like, God, why is today so slow? Cause I don't drink coffee every day. Sometimes I wake up great. And other days I'm like, what do I need? Like, and I'm like, Oh, duh. Like <laughs> coffee. Cafecito. Yes. So here we are. <laughs> Um, all right. So I had a sip. It's all coming back now. Good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> all right. So uh, my mom is from Cali, Colombia, and uh, she actually moved to Canada uh, with her family. Um, it's just like her mom and, and her brothers around well, when she was like 12 uh, because they had family that had moved there earlier and they were kind of already set up to, to bring them over, you know, for a better life. Um, and, and I guess Canada was probably maybe a little simpler than the U.S. at the time. Um, but yeah, she actually grew up in Canada up until she was about like 20. And she learned French there and um, a little bit of English. And uh, she kind of followed in her sister's footsteps, who was like, she's like a powerhouse on her own. She decided to move to New York because, you know, that's where dreams come true. And she wanted to make her money. And um, when she was settled, she, you know, she said, Marta, come over, um, live with me. And so they were roommates uh, living in Queens, like in Jackson Heights. So that's, mm. that's our, that's our home. That's your hood right there. <laughs> yeah, that's my hood. <laughs> and, um, and then my dad, I think he moved uh, when he was, in his teens, I'll say, um, straight to New York from, um, not Santo Domingo. Oh, he's told me it's not San Mancoris. I'm saying it all wrong. He's from <laughs> DR. <laughs> um, and he, um, I, I have to, I have to visit DR a lot more. Um, we're still, I'm still familiarizing myself with it, but so yeah, so he moved to, to New York and they actually met, um, while he was, while he was like a waiter or busser at a French restaurant, I believe, and their first date was at a McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> it's so romantic. <laughs> I know, you know. <laughs> they were so young, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think that's a meme today. You know, like my parents at 21 already with a whole family, aka us. And then us at 21, just like at the club or whatever. So, yeah. So they started their family very young. They had me and my brother, who's four years older than I. And um, they, and then, yeah, I guess that's where, that's where my story begins. And, you know, I, I stayed in Queens 
my whole life actually until I moved out of my parents' house right after college. Um, uh, my parents are still there. Well, my, my dad split <laughs> um, earlier. And so my mom remarried. I don't know how deep you want to go into all that, but, um, but yeah, so, no, so I have as my deep mom. As you want to go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just need to like paint the picture. So everyone's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, my, my, my dad actually moved to Florida and that's where most of my Dominican family is. Freaking love them. I always, or try to visit as much as possible. Um, Dad is now in Jersey. I moved to Jersey. Um, I have a relationship here, and that this is all pretty recent. Um, so it's just been like a, a big swirl, I guess I would say, because family is like constantly moving in and out. Um, I, you know, I've had my my path kind of just with like trying to be close to family, but also trying to form my own identity. And so I guess like where I kind of led my own path was going to uh, design school in New York City. Um, didn't go too far because Parsons is here and it's a really good school. Um, so I, um, I did that for four years, uh, went, got a job in the city. And so I guess I was kind of doing everything on track. I think my mom was pretty proud up until the point where I said, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go live in South America. Um, <laughs> she was like, wait, 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 Ooh, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and how, so, okay, I want to pause there because I don't know if your yeah. mom was like this, but I remember when I left my full-time job to pursue something like entrepreneurial, my mom was like, get, get you sense? Like, what are you doing? You're leaving a salary job. You're leaving all this like stability. And she's like, get the pasa. And I was like, Trust me, I got 100%. this. <laughs> now, how was that moment for you? How was because for me it was super nerve wracking, and I just still like even get like goosebumps talking about it because my mom was just. I remember her face like just like what? Like what am I gonna brag to my friends about now? Like <laughs> yeah. But how was that experience for you? Terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I didn't like a hundred percent jump ship. I actually. Uh, found this program. I think I was just talking about it so much to people because I had come back from Colombia um, after visiting for the first time. And I just kept thinking like, oh God, like, how do I go back there? I want to go back there. I want to, I want to visit more. I want to just, you know, explore more because I was there for such a short amount of time. And an ad on Instagram popped up because they're listening to me. Mm -hmm. And it was for a remote work program um, called Remote Year. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you've heard of it. I have heard of it. I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah, they they grabbed me, grabbed me, hooked me. And, um, you know, the, the, the process was very quick. I just said, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. They're like, well, we have a program in two months. Do it now or you're never going to do it in your life because next thing you know, you'll find a boyfriend, you get married and, and you never live that dream. And, and that really like resonated with me because, um, you know, you could get sucked into something so quickly. I had been at my job for four years already and it was the only job I'd ever had after college. And I was so scared to leave that job and find something else. And I wasn't ready for that, but I did want to travel. So I convinced them, to let me work remote while I did the program and it was only four months. 
and I did it. And that was what was what my parents were freaking out about. They said, wow. we worked so hard to get you out of South America. And there you are just jumping back in. Why? Like, why would you want to live in a third world country? And I was like, well, well, one, maybe it's like a lot safer now. But two, it's still very beautiful. And so I, I made the move and, and I lived in in South America for four months. Um, first month was Peru. The next two months uh, were two different cities in Colombia. And the last one was in Mexico City. And I, I loved the entire thing. It was, mm-hmm. it was incredible. And did you feel like you got closer to your Colombian identity by going there and spending like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I like... Yeah. By the time I left Colombia, I was like, well, I already know I'm going to buy a house there. Done. Mm. And my Colombian accent came back. So that was great. <laughs> and it, you know, it just, yes. I, I could, yeah, I connected. I mean, it might be like a little faded now, but yes, absolutely. I, I just, I felt like I belonged there more yeah. so than maybe in the U.S. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's crazy. To think that at the beginning you were saying, you know, you question if you were Latina enough and then you go back to Colombia and you're like, these are my people. I feel like I belong here. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) It is. It's 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 nuts. I mean, I'm sure you can you have like your own story there. Like you left Honduras, right? My family did. I was born. So it's really interesting. And the reason I'm asking about this story is because. I had my own experience with it, not so much with Honduras, but I kind of got in touch with my Honduran culture by being in Guatemala, another Central American country. And it was just so crazy because I was, me and my brother were the youngest of seven and we're the babies in the family. We were both born in San Diego. My brother barely, me, you know, entirely. And that was because my mom was crossing the border with him. And she almost, she said she was almost in labor in Mexico. She was like, oh my God. (laughs) I think he's coming. Oh, my God. But <laughs> crazy. So we always joke. We're like, you were almost born in TJ. And he was like, Tijuana. And he was like, yeah. no. He's like, I wasn't. But it was, it was <laughs> a crazy story. But I grew up in a really Honduran household, right? So for me, I grew up thinking, well, I'm from Honduras. Like, and I used to say it all the time. And then I realized I'm like, oh, no, I'm like American, too. And then it was like, again, like my own identity crisis within that. But remember, I remember when I went to Guatemala, probably the most spiritual experience I've ever done. And this is, this is why I love traveling. And I'm like, can't wait to do it again. But I spent a week there with um, a community that was, you know, they were a little poor. And I spent just a week, you know, being there, teaching kids. And what's crazy to me in the most poetic kind of like not really like um, relevant facts, but I want to tell you, (laughs) I was teaching (laughs) these kids about hygiene and how to like wash their hands because they didn't really have the bathrooms and whatnot. And the group that I went with were kind of installing um, clean water. And so I was teaching the kids like this, I wash your hands, like this is hygiene. And then a year later, COVID hit. And I thought about that. I'm like, oh my God, I taught these kids about hygiene and how to take care of themselves. And then COVID hit after But anyways, at the time, I remember thinking, like, I love these kids so much. Like, 
they would I, they were like attached to my hip because I was the only Central American there that spoke their Spanish, right? We were saying like bos and you know, Colombians say bos too, but you know, we were just having our own little fun and they would call me maestra and like talk to me about all these uh-huh. things. And I just felt like this is like I felt at home and it was just really weird for me to feel like I belonged in a country that one wasn't really my own, right? I'm not from Guatemala, right. family in Guatemala. Yeah. And I wasn't born in Central America, but I felt more like home there than anywhere I've ever felt home. Like, you know, it was just kind of a weird, it was weird for me. And I remember thinking when I came back, I'm like, I need to learn more about my culture and really like dive in deep about my identity and my parents' identity, where we come from and really started to get obsessed with just Latinidad in general and really getting in touch back with my culture. Kind of sounds like your experience too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's very interesting to hear because, uh, I mean, we experienced it in different ways, but, like, that concept where, like, you feel at home, usually people say, like, you feel at home, like, where your family is or, like, where you have, like, you feel that connection to people. So, you know, I never really thought of it beyond family. It could just be, like, those human connections which you know goes like super deep for somebody so that like deep so does deep. a drinking game but yeah, yeah I like constantly am thinking about that and like I wish I was yeah. like a comedian because it just doesn't really fit <laughs> who I am I'm like yeah let's like you know really dig deep into our culture and then I'm like coming up with like dirty Latino cards it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> I cannot, but it's just funny. It's funny. And like, I think like to your point, it goes so deep and it's just really interesting for me. I think maybe it's like moments and spaces where you feel seen, like seen for who you are not so much of like, Mm. are you Latina? Are you American? Are you this? Are you that? What's Honduran? You know, like instead of those questions, you're, you're around people who don't question your identity. They are just like, you know, you're part of us. Like you're here, you're seen, you're heard. And I think that was powerful for me because I'm like, wow, they're not questioning me. They're not, (laughs) you know, there was no question about who I was, where I came from. It was just like, you're here with us. Like you speak our Spanish. We're going to talk to you. We're going to like bond with you. And it was like, felt kind of seen. And it was like kind of a spiritual moment for me and like a healing moment for me. I'm like, okay, like I want to do this like all the time. (laughs) Same. Same. <laughs> Sorry, going to Colombia. I'm gonna visit you. <laughs> okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was another cool thing that we did in um in this program. We like uh, participated in like volunteer programs, and so like once a month we would do like either a fundraiser or like go and um like the most amazing thing that we did. I think this was in Bogota. We um went to build a house, like help build an actual house for a family who didn't have one in like in a super barrio like up north like it was just like super eye-opening because you know you you connect with these people too and you just see like damn I'm fortunate as hell like to to even just have a roof over my head and here we are like helping them you know make like a wooden house and 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 their bathrooms and it's just like wild like I think it's honestly, it's a, what you're talking about to me was like the perspective, right? It's like, almost like you're grateful 
for the things that you have, the things that you probably took for granted. And that's how I felt, you know, like these kids didn't really have clean water, but they didn't realize they were drinking dirty water from these wells that were just like not sanitized, not sanitary at all, but they weren't complaining. It was their life. And I remember Mm -hmm. even some of them didn't really have shoes or running around barefoot, playing soccer barefoot on this like dirt with like rocks all over. And I'm like, these kids are wild like (laughs) just risking their (laughs) little feet and you know they again didn't complain about any of it they'd play with rocks they'd play with like um la maca like they just had these really simple pleasures and I remember just seeing them like these kids are so happy and they don't realize you know what they're missing because they have it all in their minds right like they have it they have family Mm -hmm. they have food they don't know they don't have clean water it is what they're it is what it is you know, and it just made yeah. me appreciate every glass of water that I drink that I'm like, it's purified and it's clean or a roof over my mm-hmm. head that you said, you know, it's not wood. It's not made out of tin. It's yeah. like legit a house. And so I'm like little things that I never really paid attention to because we have our own struggles here. Right. Of right. Like being, definitely. Being from the hood. Like that just means such a different thing in other countries. It's like, so different. Like poverty. Yeah. Someone said on my podcast once, like poverty in the U.S. is much better than poverty in our countries. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's that I think I think people like know that, mm-hmm. but they don't know what it means like actually until you actually go and see it. Right. Which is right. it's nuts. I, what you're saying like the kids just like playing like with whatever they have around with like rocks that makes me think of like our parents they used to be like cuando yo tenía tu edad yo no tenía ninguno de estos whatever like these gadgets, the iPads, the phones, like what is that? We used to play with like marbles and yeah, <laughs> and, like, just, <laughs> and just like run around the streets and like, and it was like, oh, simpler time. And it's simpler crazy how people times. are still living that. Oh my mm-hmm. God. And it's so fun. I even think about that for, for myself and our childhood because we used to play with marbles all the time. And my nephews now yeah, are actually. like, what's marbles? <laughs> like, what are canicas? I'm like, you missed out you didn't have a childhood like (laughs) it makes you feel like super old and you're like damn I know it's like we remember a time before phones which is wild (laughs) I love that I I love being a 90s kid yeah Yeah. we just hits different it hits different but no I'm glad I am glad that I got to be raised in an environment where it's like yeah we did play outside we played horse on the basketball court we played canicas we played like games like um was loteria like we played just like whatever was around us and we were just always having fun or sometimes we were just like playing on the nintendo with my brothers i grew up with boys so yeah we always had their (laughs) nintendo (laughs) but anyways i i can go into this conversation for days and i think it's just really important to highlight just like that feeling of going back to anywhere in Latino America, you know, and going back and just kind of visiting La Tierra, where all of our families kind of come from. And I think just like, almost understanding our families a little more. I think when I went to Guatemala, I understood, like you said, those stories that our parents would tell us, like, you know, we used to do this and that. And like, this is how it used to be in la comunidad, in el barrio. Like, I'm like, really? And then going back to Guatemala, again, it's not where my family's from. But seeing the similarities, right? Like, oh my gosh, this is how our people live. You know, this is how our people in Latino America are are surviving, are living, are thriving, you know, whatever it is that they are doing. Um, 
And it's just, it's just kind of beautiful. It's beautiful to see. What's funny um, that it's like, we're just like appreciating it so much. Um, <laughs> and like talking about how much we love it. It's funny because um, just a few months ago, we went to Colombia again. Um, this time with my mom who hadn't been back in her hometown in 37 years. And we, you know, we, we were just like, oh, this is going to be so like, riveting for her and just like you know scary too like we can't wait to see her reaction and I went my brother went like we were just so excited for her and at the end of the trip she was like I no me gusto I was like what <laughs> what you're all She's offended like, no, you're like, like um I yeah I'm like so offended for you know where she's from and I was like I love this place like what do you mean you don't like it anymore she's like no like I I love like little Columbia like back home like that was that's you know that that's her home and that's kind of what she I guess got assimilated to so it's just funny to see like little Columbia back home meaning New York it's actually Jackson Heights we call it little Columbia yeah oh that's a thing oh see I didn't know I'm not from the east yeah, from yeah. the east coast so I'm like learning. <laughs> yes, I mean Jackson Heights I think is like one of the most diverse neighborhoods in the US and like you have like a certain block that's called Little Columbia and you move over and it's like Little Central America or like I don't know I guess sometimes it goes back and forth it's like more Mexican Ecuadorian which is not central but um it has its own little area. And then yeah. you move over like to the other side and then it's suddenly little India, which is like, <laughs> I yeah, love it. It's, I it's love it. Yeah. I actually, my mom said she has a lot of family in Queens and there's a lot of Hondurans over there, which I don't know if that's yeah. true or not. Never been, but <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it, but I mean, I haven't met everyone here. <laughs> yeah. I, I always like, again, I like, don't know the East coast and I'm like, yeah, how, How's life there? Like, do you know everybody on the block? Like, you know? (laughs) No, I mean, we have like that New York mentality where we're like, don't talk to your neighbors. You don't know who they are. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I grew up like really guarded, you know, because my mom made me paranoid of everybody. She's like, uno nunca sabe. Like, she only trusted like the babysitter in, in in the building and then like our family. But like... I couldn't obviously sleep over. We couldn't like hang out with the boys who lived in the building. Yeah, you know, so it's not like very Latinas. friendly. That's how we grew up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw something funny that was like when COVID was happening and quarantine was happening. It's like, oh, Latinas no quarantine. We've been in quarantine our whole lives. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, oh my God, I cannot tell you how like protected I was by my family. I was just not allowed to go anywhere past a certain hour. And it's funny because I recently, one of my friends came to visit and I showed him where I grew up because, you know, he didn't know anything about San Diego. And he didn't believe me when I was like, there's, there's a hood in San Diego. Like no one knows about it, but Southeast San Diego is like the hood. And so I took him around where I grew up and he was like, whoa, like, no wonder your family did not let you go out. It was just like not a safe neighborhood, not a safe place to be around. But you don't know that as a kid, right? Like, I didn't know that. I was just like, let me out. Like, I want to go outside and play with my friends and the neighbors, but they were like, no, like, you're not sleeping over. You're not going anywhere. Like, you're here. 
in the house. <laughs> and it was just like, maybe it's a mix of all of it. Like a mix of our parents trying to protect us, not letting us out after a certain hour, but maybe they're just strict too. Like who knows? Maybe it's a mix of all of it. But at the end of the day, like I look back now and I'm like, I'm grateful. Like I'm grateful for all those experiences because it made me who I am. And they did their best, right, to raise someone that was really aware of their surroundings and also like, yeah. you know, not the trust issues part, but being really careful with who you trust and who, you know, you allow access to. Like all of those things, I'm like, there's some big lessons there that I still carry with me. So I'm always like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have my mom to thank for like, you know, I don't, we're like, we're not bendejas. For, for that reason. Right. And like, we don't fall easily for like, I don't know, online scams or like yeah. somebody with a van, you know, like, come, come through, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, I don't know. My mom is very like, she always thinks um, like worst case scenario. So like you could be doing anything and she'll be like, ven pa acá porque eso se va a caer y te va a matar. I'm like, it's like final destination. <laughs> Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm like, why do you got to think like it's actually already happening? Like you could say it might happen, but she's like, no, it's going to happen. So it's going to happen. <laughs> oh my God, my mother is the same way. And it's funny because I would always complain about it. I was like, mommy. And then I do the same thing. And it's so funny because other people catch me and tell me, and I'm like, I'm literally my mom. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, we'll, we'll all turn into them eventually. We'll all turn into them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, I want to point out one more thing before we move on to the conversation, because I want to get to our cafecito and cheese and play tragos with you. But one thing I want to highlight that you said about your mom going back to Colombia and like, she was like, you know, no me gusto because little Colombia was her home. I think that's a really like almost like poetic story about a lot of first generation kids and our parents who are immigrants. Like they come, they run away, right? For different mm -hmm. reasons, political reasons, refugees, or they just want a better life like there can be a million reasons why they run away from their countries or leave their countries not necessarily run away but right. and it's kind of like the other side of it where it's like our first generation story is figuring out who we are figuring out our identity and our place within the world and sometimes that means going back to our roots right visiting Honduras Colombia I'm actually planning a trip to Honduras and I remember telling my dad about it and he was like I'm not going back I was like, oh, you don't want to go back and see your country? He was like, no. And I was like, yeah. what? But my mom was like, I want to go. Like, I want to see where I grew up because she's very, like, sentimental and, and spiritual. Mm. But, who, you know, we'll see how she, like, enjoys the experience. Real. I'm sure she'll be yeah. crying the whole time. But my dad was like, <laughs> I left Honduras and I'm never looking back. He's like, I love my barrio, my, you know, mi tierra. But the thing that he said, and I don't know if this is how your mom felt, but he was like, I know it's not going to be the Honduras that I remember and I love, and I don't want to like tarnish that memory. And I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Like that's a really yeah. interesting perspective, right? Because things change after 30 Absolutely. years plus. And so he's just like, I don't even want to like not have that memory of what I remember from Honduras. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair though. Right. And we don't know. We're like, well, we're just kind of going to explore, but like, no, it's just really crazy. But yeah, that that just the thing is like the paradox, right, of our immigrant parents and their story versus our story being first generation and just kind of that like, I don't know, it just feels like there's just like this paradox within that. 
and how we're both kind of seeking different but similar things. And we sometimes have to flip flop. They leave their countries and we kind of go back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's so different now that um, and kind of like what your dad's saying, like your experience will obviously be so different from his and you're going in there privileged, you know, like you can live in a or stay in a in a better neighborhood and and see the beauty of the country, whereas they might you know, have memories of, of, of their barrio, like, you know, struggling or like seeing it as a home, as opposed to like a destination for you. So Mm. it is, there is that kind of like conflict where you're just like, Oh, I want to see where I'm from, but also I want a vacation. (laughs) Um, As opposed to like knowing what the struggle that they actually face. So Mm. everybody, I guess, has their own, like, you know, connection or, relationship with with like where they're from yeah Mm -hmm. yeah girl we could talk about this for days but I want to move into our (laughs) I want (laughs) to move into our cafecito and cheesement and here we kind of already talked about tragos how it started but I want to talk about the evolution of it when did you first start tragos and how has it turned into what it is now and then what are if you can tell us what are some things that you're kind of working on in the future or where do you see tragos going Yes. Okay. So let me grab some more coffee. Yeah. <laughs> She's um, like, no blinking around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So Thrago started two years ago, um, 2019, at the beginning of 2019. Uh, so we're fairly... Oh my God, it was a lot more recent than I thought. Yeah. I mean... I feel I, like it's been around forever. <laughs> I feel like I've aged 10 years into... <laughs> it's just we've done so much in the last two years that it feels like a brand that has just kind of you know set like it's it's like reputation um but yeah we are just so young and um when we first started like I said it was just kind of like a few you know Facebook Instagram ads just to get our name out there but what really like put us on the map was uh, a couple months later we were doing um, some type of like referral program um, through our Shopify website. We we're just all e-commerce, and um, the the referral program works as like, okay, if you buy a game, then um, you get cash back for sharing your code and somebody else buying your game. So we had that kind of like at the bottom of our website, didn't pay much mind, and every day through our ads, we were getting about maybe like ten orders a day. And I was just, you know, the one like packing the the game, putting it in the envelope, bringing it to the post office. So casual, it was like a side gig that I had going. And I was totally happy with that. I was like, oh, I just get like a few extra hundred bucks a month, like all good. And uh, through this referral program, I think, um, I don't know if it was an influencer or like somebody with a big following or just kind of snowballed for sure um, on social media, people just started sharing their codes. And from one day to the next, it just happened where we went from like 10 orders a day. And within that week, we made 10,000. And we were like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you can curse yeah. on here. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, OK. Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't even have that inventory. And we had to, like, email a bunch of people being like, hey, so, you know, you bought it, but, like, 
we don't got it. Do you mind waiting a month? And most people waited the month till we got more inventory. We got 10,000 more. And I had literally all my friends, like acquaintances, not even Latinos, like all my friends I knew from like college or like work and, and, and my, my mom, my, my dad, my, my family, like just coming in, whoever said yes. I said, come and help me pack because we have like 10,000 games to pack now. <laughs> um, so we so had, crazy. yeah, it was nuts. Uh, and so within, like, since then we've had to, you know, optimize, automate things. I found somebody to do a little bit of everything or so I found someone for like each thing that had to be done. So now I don't pack them. Um, we have someone doing customer service cause that's insane on its own. Um, and I was doing that at some point. So I was driving myself crazy responding to emails. Oh my God. You were doing like a one woman yeah. show doing it all. Yes. It was, it was nuts. I was like that for like a few months and I was, I was panicking um, until, you know, I got the help. And like I said, most, most of the people on my team were just like friends that I begged <laughs> to help me at that moment. I was like, can you please do customer service? Can you please do social media? Because we're blowing up and I don't know what to do. And so they all kind of just took <laughs> on the roles and we're like, all right, I'll help you, I guess. Um, and so I guess, <laughs> I guess. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pay them. It's not like a favor. Right. right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so, so now we're, we're six people. We all work remote. Uh, most of them, most of us are in New York, New Jersey, but we have somebody in Spain. We have someone in Peru. We have someone in Mexico. And that's also fun. And we're all Latinas, just coincidentally, because um, I guess I have more like girlfriends and guy friends. But it's it's just been a trip. And then in the last two years, we've done we've done it all. Like during COVID, we had a huge opportunity. You know, just taking advantage of of the moment. Um, people were staying at home more, which meant sales kind of skyrocketed for us. Um, uh, I mean, I'm grateful. I don't, I'm not happy that COVID happened, but it, it was just like the result of it. Oh, it's a silver lining for sure. Definitely. And aside from that, we've been like super like creative, I guess, with like tapping into the community. We've worked with nonprofits that we, um, that, you know, we sent some of our proceeds to help out with like COVID um, affected laborers. We, we worked with, we did a Black Lives Matter campaign. Like we've been trying to be as involved as possible within our community and help out where we can because we've created a voice for ourselves that now has this responsibility and aside from that you know we're still just like working hard to to make more content which people are always asking for and so yeah that's kind of where we are right now Ooh, i love it and i know you have a different tragos card which is i think it's an extension the one i have today it's called dragos fiesta pack and you have that's the extension or is just a fiesta version um you can play it by itself or you can play it as the expand extension of the other games so mm, it's just more right. cards yeah i love it my birthday is coming up so i'm planning to play it <laughs> oh okay great i'll send but it to you and just tag us <laughs> yes yeah tu sabes. i'm gonna play it <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into our, our cafecito and tragos game, I want to quickly like give you a platform, give you some space to tell the audience where people can connect with you, where people can buy tragos, just how they can connect with the game, with your social media channels, just all of that. 
so you can find Tragos at tragosgame.com. That's our uh, online store. We're also on Amazon, or most of our products are. Um, I can give everyone a discount actually um, through your, like for all your followers. So if you use, I'm just gonna come up with it and make it afterwards. (laughs) If you use the discount, (laughs) um, Hella Latina, uh, uh, on our tragosgame.com website, you can get 15% off of your Tragos order. Hey. And, thank you, girl. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you again for for us being here. And then also, um, if you wanna uh, shout us out at your next game night, we're also on like Instagram, TikTok, um, all the social channels at Dragos Game. So yes, check us out. Mm, snaps. I'm. An, I know a lot of people are gonna buy them Dragos games because they're so good. Like, trust me, they're so good. And I'm excited for this Fiesta pack because I'm sure there's way more cards. And you said there was like a dirty cards in there. Is that what you were saying? Like you're writing these like dirty Latino cards. <laughs> uh, it's not for this one. That one is actually oh. for our uh, new expansion pack. That's like a full pack. That one is the spicy version, and it's the adult party game for Latinos. So oh that my one gets... god, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that one is for um, not your. Yeah, like don't yeah. play with with yeah your family. And did you Unless say it's the spicy version or a spicy version? It's the I heard you say spicy. spicy. Okay, spicy. I'm like yes, <laughs> spicy. <laughs> I love these little like nuances that you capture and just like naming things, naming the cards. I'm just like yes, the little nuances is spicy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We have a few more products actually coming out this year, uh, and that's mm. all I'll say about that. So. Just, you just have to stay mm, tuned. Secreto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's play some tragos. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You go first. And I have, I, I only have coffee and water. I don't have no trago. <laughs> oh, girl, same. I work later. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just drinking coffee. <laughs> we need coffee though, so it's good. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is from the Fiesta Pack. Um, and we'll just start with an if card. So if you always say you're on your way, but you actually aren't, take five sips por mentirosa. Por mentirosa. Me. We were just, oh my God. My friends were just saying, so I have a a girl group and there's a Brazilian, a Mexican and me. And then two of my other friends, one is Indian and the other one is is Hawaiian. So we got a mix of everything. I know, just like diversity Yes, but we were talking how (laughs) how it's me, um, my friend who's Mexican, and she's mixed. She's like Mexican black, so she has a lot of diversity on her own. And then my Brazilian friend, they're like, "You three are always late. (laughs) Like, always say you're on your way, and you're like still laying in bed." And I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much." (laughs) Yeah, what is that? Why are we like this? (laughs) I know. Why are we like this? Oh my god! I like. I know it's a bad quality to have because I'm literally always late. Or I'm always rushing and I'm like, I had time today. I didn't have to yeah. rush. But like, I know. I'm working on it though. I'm working on it. All right. It's your turn. Okay. So this is from the regular pack, the OG pack. If you were already sipping cafecito as a toddler, take two sips. 
Bustelo baby. I'm not a Bustelo baby. I know that's like Dominican or New York. Oh, maybe. okay. I don't really know. That's good to know. Yeah, I didn't really drink Bustelo. What, what was yeah. your uh, coffee brand in your house? Girl, I don't even know. <laughs> we had we had hella coffee in the house. I don't was know. Like we that? always had our Honduran coffee mm, though. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I was we were drinking cafecito. I see my nieces and nephews drinking cafecito now, and I'm just like, I don't know if that's good for them. But. <laughs> Yeah, I might like think that one twice for my kids. Yeah. Okay. So actually, you might know this one. This is a group trivia card mm. or um, oh, at least trivia. <laughs> when <laughs> when Latinos tell you to arrive at 5 p.m., what time do they actually mean? And there's there's three potential answers. So. It's either wait, it's a Latino, it's a Latino telling you, or it's like a it's a Latino telling you mm-hmm. that the party's at five. Mm-hmm. I feel like it can go either way. It could be like it starts at five, but no one shows up until like six, seven, you know, like later, or they're telling you five so you can get there earlier. Do you, know, you know Oh, actually, oh, you're like flipping all these cards. I'm like, I gotta <laughs> put this in my feet. Like I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, the answer that we have here is seven, eight, or nine because yeah, we're no, it's, I mean that's true. <laughs> I, I've gotten to a party like one hour late um, to a Latino party one hour late, and they're like, "Why are you here? Like, it's yeah. no one's here yet." I was like, "Ah, yeah. crap." <laughs> See, that's never my experience. So, though I'm always like a couple hours late. I'm like. Oh, okay. All right. And this is, I, I need to share this story because it's like funny and it's also kind of sad. I'm like, yeah, why are we like this? We were even late for my brother's wedding. Like showed up late when like the bride, we were bridesmaids, me and my sisters, and we got there late. And so I remember I like ran in and it was my turn to go up with the group, not the groomsmen. What do you call them? The, the I think they are like groomsmen. Your groomsmen? Oh. Groomsmen, but anyways, yeah. I was walking with the groomsmen. <laughs> Too much cafecito, but I was walking with the groomsmen and I thought I had my my bouquet like like in my hand and I had my phone, my little flip phone at the time. And I was like, I am not walking down this aisle with a flip phone. And then he was like, here, I'll put it in my pocket. And I was like, why are we like this? Like, Oh, God, man. <laughs> I mean, so I'll, so I'll make you feel a little better. I just um, went to my cousin's wedding and we were all late, including the bride and the groom, like by an hour. So, oh you know, it, it happens. It is so bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my, why are we like this really? But, okay, my turn. And we can do, like, two more rounds. I mean, I could play this game forever. Okay. I know you got to yeah, work, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, two more rounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're... If you still have to go around the room to greet everyone individually, take three sips. It's like you greet them and you also say goodbye to them. Every single one. (laughs) You're right. Girl, I'm going to put you on as a consultant. I didn't even think about the goodbyes. (laughs) I'm happy to be a consultant. Oh, my God. No, that's so funny. Literally, and I still do that even with, like, parties that aren't Latino. Like, I say literally bye to every single person. And it's, it's just oh, so really? funny to me. Yeah. I'm like, keep okay, on. Oh, I cop out. Yeah. You're like, no. <laughs> if I, if I'm like, I, know I need to I make it known that I'm like... leaving. 
You're like, I don't want anyone to think I have bad manners. <laughs> no, it's actually a good thing, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm like, these little things that I didn't realize I, I kept with me, but I did. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I know we like kind of stopped during COVID because we shouldn't have. But as soon as like, you know, as soon as we could, even with the mask, we would do like kind of like air hugs, yeah. you know, yeah. um, the elbow. Like there were so many ways to greet everyone individually still. It's funny. <laughs> we found ways. <laughs> okay. Um, is this our last card or do we have? Two more, I think. Is it two more? Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll try to make this one quick because uh, we could we could be here forever. <laughs> All right. Um and you know we this is this is kind of an, a a safe space we could tell stories mm-hmm. 100%. okay 100% <laughs> all right so i would like to know and i'll tell you mine too what is your craziest drunk story ooh my craziest drunk story i don't know if i want to share that one <laughs> <laughs> you can skip it but i'll i'll share it it's it's a little funny i just hope i don't get in trouble san jose state don't come at me but i <laughs> I was with a group of friends. We got super, it was just a party. We're having like a little game night actually. And there was this building being built on campus. And my friends and I thought it'd be a fun idea to break into this under construction building and go all the way to the top. One of our friends was an RA. I will not say his name, but he was an RA. And he was like, actually, I just toured it. There's stairs. We can go to the top. So he's like, let's do it. Again, we're all wasted, right? So we're like, yes, let's do it. And so we break into this building. Trust me, I do not have cojones like this usually. It's just when I was drinking, I was like, (laughs) let's go. Like, no fear. (laughs) But, you know, I'm not. Usually I'm like hella careful. I'm like, no, I can't do that. But we went and then we like. (laughs) climbed girl this is not just like four stairs this is like 15 flights of stairs we climbed the whole thing you were sober by the time you got up there oh my god we were like sweating tired like just like dehydrated all of it but we go to the top and this actually ends in a cute way but we went to the very top and we had this like beautiful view of the whole city of like our little pool that was also under construction but like we just had this beautiful view and we were like just a couple of drunk people on the top of a roof of a under construction building, just like vibing. We're like, dang, this is beautiful. <laughs> okay. All right. I thought that was going to turn for the worst. No, it actually like... turned out. I'll save the other ones for okay. offline, but. <laughs> okay. And just in case anyone asks, these are all fictional tales just these for your entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> this never really <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to get a job for this either. <laughs> um, I was so invested in your story that I didn't have time to think about the one I was going to share. Um, craziest story. Mm. I mean, yours was cute and you didn't do anything crazy. I've done crazy. You know, I don't, I, I can't think of anything like that was like a whole like epic tale of a night except for um, except for the time that I went to a rooftop graduation party uh, for my cousin. And um, it was supposed, it's like a very classy place um, that we decided to pregame for because it was so expensive. This is like when we were just starting to drink, like 21, 22. And um, 
let me put that disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, we we the pregame became like the main event, and so by the time that we got there, couldn't remember a thing, and so I just was told, you know, all of my activities of the night, which were actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, you know, you when, when you black out, you have to like immediately like find out what you did. And so they just said that, you know, fell asleep at the bar. Okay. It's pretty normal <laughs> of me. <laughs> um, but the craziest one was like, you know, when, once we kind of just left the place or like, all right, well, we got to cut the night short because nobody here is like ready to just dance or whatever. We we're just ready to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> fell asleep in like the drive back home. And when I woke up, um, when we were at our, at the place where we were staying, um, I, I thought that we were in like a stranger's car. Um, so I like bolted out of the car, uh, once it had stopped and just like ran away. <laughs> Everyone's you like, ran. what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I was like, we gotta, we gotta go home. Like this not safe. <laughs> you the know, like, I guess hurts, the mom's though. like, <laughs> scary mentality yeah <laughs> but I like left everyone yeah. behind I like told my best friend like let's go um so they had to like come and get me they're like it's it, everything is fine um so <laughs> yeah it was interesting night I didn't do anything like to it's uh, definitely embarrassing but not uh I guess like it could be worse, I guess. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. I'm sure there's some stories there that we just maybe don't remember, but. <laughs> or, yeah, can't, can't say. Oh, man. Yeah, no okay. more crime. No more crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have one. This is so funny. I remember sharing this during a family game night, but if your family ever filled up the dish soap with more water than soap, take two sips. <laughs> can't tell you oh, how many yeah. times it's happened to me. I'm like, literally, this is half water, half soap. All the time. <laughs> my parents, yeah. my, my like family, not just my parents, my family does this with shampoos and stuff too. Like the toll. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, so my God. Yeah, soap. I totally forgot about that. Because nos rinda, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I love I love that. That, um, you know, I, I didn't have any endurance friends growing up. Um, and, and the one that I did meet in high school, you know, I guess we never really connected through our culture. It was more just like similar, like hobbies and things like that. Um, and so I, I'm not familiar with the culture, but hearing what you're saying, I'm just like, this sounds so Colombian to me. <laughs> like, okay. Honestly, like you said honestly, I will say my family always said that we have the most similarities with accents and like the way we speak with Colombians. And I'm like, really? really? I didn't no idea. Yeah. I mean, I had no um, idea either, but we grew up watching like Colombian telenovelas. Like we would just we like, had a lot of Colombian influence in our family. And it's just funny. Cause they're like, yeah. Cause they speak like los catrachos, like Hondurans. I'm like, really? And I was like, catrachos. yeah, we call ourselves catrachos. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks, girl. This is so fun. This is so fun. I love this game. Like I said, I always tell people about it. I love this family game nights that we do with it. And I am for sure playing it at my birthday party. <laughs> but just thank Yay. you. Thank you. Thank you for creating this game para la cultura and just pushing our 
our culture out there. I think it's just needed in the world, right? Just something to unite all of us. I think that's what's needed. So thank you for oh. creating that. And I want to do one more thing before we, we hop mm -hmm. off. I always like ending these with the brindis. And what I do here is I give you the space to cheers to something that you want to cheers to and also manifest something good for our Latino community. So let's get our cafecito. And okay. I'll ask you, what do you want to cheers to and what do you want to manifest? Oh, these are good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to cheers to platforms like ours that are basically uniting Latinos because I think that's a, an amazing mission to have and we can't do it alone. Mm. So cheers to us. Cheers. <laughs> Salud. <laughs> Salud. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, to manifest, I mean, the first thing that I thought of for our community was um, what's going on in Cuba right now. Mm. So I really hope that they get the help that they need as soon as possible, um, whether it's from us or, or anywhere else. Um, and, you know, to, to help out our, our less fortunate, uh, communities. Mm, so. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing we'll that. Cheers, girl. Salud. Thank you. I love this Salud. conversation with you. <laughs> I know we have to do it again, hopefully maybe in person. Um, but yeah, whenever you want to have some cafecito. I'm, yes, girl. I'm, I'm going to come to Queens. <laughs> or no, you're not in Queens anymore. Where yes. are you? I will meet you in Queens. You got to go. Okay, Queens. we're going to go Queens. <laughs> <laughs> done deal. Done deal. I don't know what you're Hope y'all loved and enjoyed this episode, and I hope y'all know that these stories shall not be used against us. <laughs> Get your 15% off Drago's game, a spicy edition, fiesta edition, the OG version by using Hella Latina at checkout. Check out Drago's on all social media platforms at Drago's Game and connect Carolina on LinkedIn. See y'all next week for more Gafesito and Chisme. Connect with me on Instagram at ojasmine4as, Twitter at olalisjasmine, and find me on LinkedIn. And check out my website, olalisjasmine.com. Con mucho amor, Ramiro Nureña. And stick around to hear from my sponsor and partner, Chris Gates, co-founder of Ryzen. Gente, what's up? This is Chris Gates. I had the pleasure of being Odalis' guest in the Cuba Through My Eyes episode of this amazing podcast. Today, I want to invite you to a free month's membership to my startup, RiseOn. Founded by two first-gen Latinos, RiseOn is like taking a Zumba class for your mental and emotional health. Our mission is to build humans from the inside out, and we help first-gen folks just like you to grow and to heal. So whether you're struggling with life's challenges or just thirsty for a community to help you grow, Rise On is for you. Every week, we create a space for mindful introspection in community. That's what you get when you mix mindfulness, journaling, coaching, 
and vulnerable conversations. It's a space to be seen authentically, to develop self-awareness and build inner skills alongside a group of inspiring peers. Our goal is to help you to tap into your own power consistently, to find perspective, clarity, and direction anytime you need it. Over the past two years, we've designed hundreds of experiences for our clients to do just this. These are entrepreneurs and young professionals who trace their roots to some 20 countries. Folks who, despite being brilliantly talented and looking like they got it all together from the outside, are working through some real life challenges. So join us. We'd like to invite every listener of this podcast to experience a Rise On membership for free for an entire month. That includes our weekly Rise On sessions, live and online, plus on-demand mindfulness content and daily community support. To activate your free month Rise On membership, visit www.riseon.life. That's R-I-S-O-N dot L-I-F-E. Riseon.life. Mi gente, let's rise on.